This call is now being recorded. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. This is part two of our best horror movies of the 21st century. We have rocked out a bunch. Uh, we're getting down and dirty with Dirty and Dylan here for the top nine selections. These are probably going to be a little bit more involved as far as descriptions of the movies. With that said, let's get right into it. Dirty, do you have your selection for the ninth best horror movie that's been made in the 21st century? Uh, the Strangers, one and two. The Strangers, okay. I haven't, I certainly haven't seen it. I don't think I've heard it either. Can you describe the movie a little bit? Uh, three, three, three fucked up weirdos, uh, wear masks, they hunt, they terrify people and then chop them up. Aha! Dude, I do know this one. And you know what? I saw this and it looked to me like some kind of recreation of the movie Tourist Trap from the 1970s, a horror movie. Um, sorry, go ahead and... Yeah, it could be. Do you have anything more about to say about the film The Strangers 1 and 2? Uh, it's really good and, and like, it's one of those movies that, like, frustrates me because it's like, you, you just, you just, the, the, the villains or the, the monsters in it are fucking, they're so, like, whatever. Like, the non, nonchalant and, like, they just love it and they're just fucking psychos. They're like, they're like, uh, Manson family-ish. You know, like just psychotic lunatics who love to kill. Right. Like, but it's just like that in both of them, and they're both great movies, and they both written well, and like good, just a good movie, a uh, good story. Because uh, it's real loose. Like you don't know much. Like it's just a, a random place in like the middle of nowhere, and it's just like. It, it's almost the easiest places to uh, take over if you're going to do a killing spree. It's fucking crazy. Like, wow. You know, I got to say, the best way to go into a movie, and I, I try not to, I try to go by word of mouth or even if it's something's written, like, let's oh, see this movie or something. The, the, I wouldn't say the worst way, but the best way to go into a movie is if the less you know, the better. I love it when you go into a movie and you don't even know really what genre it is. Someone's like, go see this movie. It's great. Why? Just go see it. And you go see it, right. and you don't know anything about what you're in for. I love these sort of uh, nondescript, unassuming movies that start out and could be just a family driving down the road. Oh, this is about a family vacation. Just, especially if you start out with a little bit of comedy, and then it's like, oh, well, what is... Yeah. Now, usually there's a description of the genre when you're going to watch a movie, but um, I do like movies that are kind of like that, that lead you in, and and you don't know exactly the path it's going to go. Right. Uh, so you know, we try to minimize, uh, you know, some we, we can't help ourselves, and if it's something that's great we like a lot, we're going to tell you why. Um, some of them really just try to say, like, I know my description of the orphanage, like, just go see it, I can't really... You know, I don't want to give away too many quote-unquote scenes. Uh, some yeah. things, I guess, you can go, you, there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like my number nine that I'm about to talk, like, talk about here is a remake. It's a remake of one of the greatest original horror movies ever. Uh, remade in 2010 with some really great people. Benicio Del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, uh, 
speaking of, we mentioned a quiet place earlier. I mean, Emily Blunt was from a quiet place, and Hugo Weaving from The Matrix, Mr. Anderson, that, that guy, oh, wow. is in the remake yeah. of The Wolfman. And this was completely oh, yeah. panned by critics. It was a bust, a bust-out movie. I got to tell you, some of my favorite horror movies of all time have been busts, but this one was fantastic. I love the setting on the old England. Uh, right. Again, late 19th, late 19th century, Benicio Del Toro is great as the character. Um, I, I did see the, the original is, is very good. One of my favorite original horror movies. I mean, when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to be for, for Halloween. I wanted to be the Wolfman. My cousins would be like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a vampire. I'm a mummy. I'm a Brian Frankenstein or Frankenstein or whatever. I always wanted to be the Wolfman. Um, let me see what says uh, a great ending, great battle scene ending. There are some great uh, CGI footage of, of old London, which, again, yes. you put me there. I, I'll check it out all day. I love that time yeah, period. Yeah. Some great scenes with him, uh, one of them in a double-decker bus. Uh, another one where they think he's a human being doing the killing, not a wolf man. And this, these German scientists go and say, hey, we, we know how to cure serial killers, and they put him through these ice baths, and they strap him to a chair, and just, there's a scene right when this lead I'm pretty sure he's German, this lead German scientist is describing uh, even though it takes place in England, is describing basically how he's curing this, and he's got his back to Benicio del Toro, and there's a change right in the middle of while he's got his back, and it's fantastic everyone in the audience is like Look at him, and he's like, nah, 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 and he, and then, then all of a sudden, when he does, and it's just a crazy scene where the Wolfman runs rampage. Love that friggin' movie. I highly recommend it. I don't care what the critics say. Um, Dirty, have you seen that one, the Wolfman remake? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, it's uh, I like I like how they did it. I like uh, I like Benicio del Toro in it. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I, I, it's a good period piece. Um, I don't know, just a good movie. I I liked it. I I, I didn't even yeah. put it on my list, but it would have been on my list. So, gotcha. Highly recommend it, The Wolfman. And again, I tried to minimize remakes. If there was a question about a new one versus a remake, if it was close, I always give it to the new one. Didn't put the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in there, even though it was good. Hills Have Eyes. I thought The Omen was great. The remake of that didn't put it in there. Um, so, but anyway, let's move forward. Uh, Dirty, what do you got for number eight? The number eight best horror movie of the 21st century. Terrifier. Terrifier. You, I think you were telling me about this. Can you, uh, just, I have already forgotten about it. Can you tell us about it? So, it's about this clown, Art the Clown. And like I like I like Killer Clown the whole you know that genre, um, black and white you know makeup, little hat like big shoes, and then just really nasty like he's just gross and it's just uh, I don't know the way it's filmed, um, he's just fucked up looking and like I don't know it's like just the perfect amount of gross mixed with a little scary. 
uh, B movie, but like really good. So it's a really good horror movie. I like elements of like, you know, it doesn't have to be like, with a horror movie, it could just be the way they film it or, right. you know, like how, you know, the effects. I don't know, but it's just a good movie. He, oh, he doesn't speak. He's, in, he's like silent. So like, but oh, you know, over, yeah, so there's that element and, uh, his whole, I don't know how to explain. He has his whole style. He's got his tools that he carries around with him. It's just, it's just fucking weird. Like now, I'm starting to remember as you're describing this. In fact, are you talking about there's an original Terrifier, which was a really low budget one, maybe ten years ago, and then a recently remade one from the last couple of years, which was very, I think, kind of highly acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the more recent one or the older one? Uh, the recent or both? One. Okay, the recent. Well, gotcha. I think okay. the recent one, but there's yeah, there's a series where it started out in a different horror movie. I think it was a it was a mon- not a montage, but it was a. Uh, I know in, in parts, like four different parts. Right. Or something. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so it got so popular, they released the second one, and then I think, yeah, yeah, there we go. Excellent. Okay, the Terrifier. I believe that was yeah. released in either 2021 or 2022, very recent. Right. Um, I definitely got to go. I definitely have to watch that. Uh, my number eight, excuse me. Um, it is the remake of Dawn of the Dead. You've mentioned this earlier. I, I love both movies. The original Dawn of the Dead was way high up on my 1970s list. This one is way high up on my 2000s or 21st century list. It actually was directed by, let me see, Zack Schneider, who, after this, he made the movie 300, about the yeah, Roman soldiers, the Roman, yeah, the Roman-Prussian War, a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. This one, of course, starts out with the great Johnny Cash song from his Rick Rubin-produced album in the early 90s. Uh, when the man comes around, fantastic song, uh, so well done. You can tell this guy right away, even though it's a remake, he's remaking a great movie and he did it very well. Love the whole thing. It's a setup in the, in the mall. Love the soundtrack. Love the actors. He changes the end a little bit from the first one. Love it still. Um, highly recommend, um, Dawn of the Dead, my number eight selection. Hopefully I'm done with remakes. Um, but we will see. So, Dirty, what do you have number... I am not done with remakes. Okay. <laughs> okay, Dirty, what do you got for number seven? Uh, it, one, and two. It, one, and two. Okay, wow. Yeah. Just saw them yesterday. Pretty good. Pretty good. How do you rate it versus the original? I like it. I like how I like. I thought it was better. It was just a, uh, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was better than the first one because it was seemed like it was kind of limited. Uh, what's his name was like the perfect Pennywise. Uh, Tim remember Curry. Tim Curry was like fucking amazing. Like he's he's pretty scary. I like the look. Yes. Yeah. He had a whole you know 1920s rhythm. Uh, but this one is like the other part of it is. The guy who plays him is really 
plays him is really good. He's got a great look, like just naturally. He does. Like they they were way more. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, but they were way more, uh, uh, story accurate. Uh, really good cast. I wasn't feeling the first cast. Uh, but this cast, like, I liked really, I liked a lot. Um, the kids and the adults, like, just really good. Um, I don't know. I just, it was great. Like, I thought it was a good movie and, um, the idea of that always freaked me out, just, a you know, an evil clown. And I think Stephen King was like the, he was the originator for that genre. Yeah. That and he made a cameo in the movie. I noticed mm-hmm. that he was a store owner in the local town, but yeah, it, the remakes in 2017, 2019, at least the first one was the number one horror movie all time as far as money made and the number three all time R-rated film, I guess, uh, as far as total total money made. So it, number oh. one and two, what's that? That's at home. Yeah. Um, let me see. So that's that was your number seven. My, my number seven film is another one. Is it quasi? It's more science fiction probably than horror, but it was scary. Uh, science fiction films can be scary if they scare you. I mean... Hell, I mean, the thing might have been a more science fiction than horror. But my number seven film, I saw this a couple of times. Back in the day, in my 20s, I would say if I saw a really good movie, I'd tell my friends. If I saw it with one friend, I'd say to a few of my other friends, you got to see this movie with me. It's great. So I went to see this at least a couple of times. I think it's the first movie Vin Diesel was ever in. And it takes place on some other, I think it's on some other planet. Uh, it's called Pitch Black. It was made in 2000. Oh, I think yeah. it was an English-made uh, movie, but talk about scenes. Uh, and, and, again, it has a, a great cast there. Talk about a great scene. Um, basically, what Pitch Black is, is it is like at nighttime, Pitch Black, these monsters come out, these flying, I, for lack of a better term, giant bats. I don't know how else to describe them. They fly mm-hmm. around, they'll take you, they'll pick you up and take you back to their... So the babies can eat you, or they'll just eat you right there, whatever it is. So you don't want to be outside after dark. So what they did, and you always want to stay together. Immediately, if somebody separates from the pack, you're done. So there's this great scene with somebody separating from the pack at night. And what they had is a bottle of alcohol and a lighter. So if someone wanted to see, take a little gulp of the alcohol blow it in front of the lighter, and then you'll be able to see around you. And there's a scene where one guy separates from the pack, blows that, and all you see all around him, and and these, as far as these bats, they can sit. I mean, they they can stand, excuse me, they they have feet, basically. So they can walk, they can fly, and they're just all around him on all sides. And it is an amazing, amazing scene. Uh, Besides the way the movie is shot, too, it's shot in this sort of like, apocalyptic uh it's a i think it's a nihilistic thing where it's like the end of the world or something people on this other oh, no, planet it's, whatever it's, it's so it's on a right. different planet like it's uh right but didn't they did they go there because um something happened to earth or is that where they're storing their criminals now or something no they went there uh pitch black is is uh takes place in it's in a another galaxy uh they Basically, it's a ship that was carrying 
people, like a passionship, and one of them was being it was a s you know Vin Diesel's character is an s was a wanted uh, felon, and he was being uh, escorted, and he changed his eyes so it can adapt to darkness, and so he's able to like you know he's able to like survive. And, right. He wears these goggles. I'm not a big fan of when you're talking about Vin Diesel movies. Um, when right. he first came out, his first however many movies, I thought he was pretty good. I remember right. seeing him, and I thought, like, oh, he's good. When he got into the Fast and the Furious, and that's all he did except for a right. few other things, I just yeah. got to be to the point where I'm like, this guy, yeah. not to mention the fact that I saw an interview with him. He seems like the dumbest motherfucker, like, in Hollywood, basically. He's just, he can't answer a question. Hey. He just kind of giggles. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, right. And just kind of like, would you answer the question? <laughs> sure. And he just sits there with a blank stare. You see yeah, a little bit of chicken like, noodle soup down, dribble down the side of his mouth. <laughs> like, he's like, you get know, it together. He's like family. It's the most important <laughs> thing, bro. Like, okay, what's going on? Hey, man, the love you have for your fucking family, though. That's like one of the most... All right, man, that's cool. I agree, but, like, you know, the other thing... Yeah, but, you know... Which members of you your gotta, family? Yeah, the whole thing. All of them are... I love them, you know, but it's they're the most important thing. Don't forget. It's like, all right, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, so effective what? as a killer in Pitch Black, not so effective with interviews or talking or anything... That has to do with, with language or speaking, but whatever. Um, great movie, uh, Pitch Black number seven. Uh, DM, what do you got for your number six? Select? Ooh, getting up to the good ones here. What do you got for number six? Uh, Saw, and I think it's Saw 5 with Chris Rock. I think that's it. Maybe it's the one before that. <laughs> Chris Rock. Was he smoking crack? New Jack City. <laughs> no, he, uh, he was. He plays the detective that, like the cops in these series and these all these franchises and this franchise, they 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 can't seem to like catch uh, Jigsaw. So it's just funny to see him in a in a role where he's like he can't can't be the hero. What's funny is the guy who plays Jigsaw was uh, a character. He is a character actor. Um, yeah. But he was so many parts before Saw. Uh, he was right. a character. He was like a, a used record. He, he had a used record store on Seinfeld uh, for a oh. couple of episodes that I remember. And he was great. He also was a commander, sergeant, whatever his title was, in a child's military school for the Sopranos. Oh. And actually, they tried to send Tony Soprano, tried to send his kid. To military school, and this guy was uh, talking about, you know, what he's going to teach him in military school. And he's he's done so many things. It was good to see him become the star of a hit movie like this because the guy's had such a great career. Uh, yeah. And a great low, he's a huge cigarette smoker. He's got that real low voice when he talks. And he's got he's got that that great voice. Uh, I haven't seen Saw. I haven't seen any of them. Um, kind of turned off by the premise a little bit, but I, I guess I should. I mean, if you love horror movies, then you, you got to go see it, but I have not seen them yet. Yeah, I, I thought they're pretty good. I like the story idea. Um, uh, it's, 
it's fucking wild. Like the whoever designs all the actual, you know, uh, torture devices is fucking. I don't know if you want to call him a a genius or or fucking like he's sick, you know, because it's like you just have to sit there and think about it. You're like, okay, how do you? How would you torture the, some this person and like, you know? And it's just yeah. Like, how about that? How'd you get those ideas? Yeah. How fucked up is that? Wow. You really were like that's, thinking. That's, uh, yeah. Sounds sounds pretty sounds pretty rough around the edges. It sounds. I'm guessing this is like hostile, pretty gory, um, pretty bloody, like a big bloody mess. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's messy and. Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's a torture fest, so, it's just, but the way they do it is just, it's just wild. Okay, uh, that's, um, that's on everybody's, I mean, saw, whichever one you want to pick, some people pick one, two, whatever, but, uh, on a lot of lists, of course. Uh, my number six, we're down to number six. My number six selection is... Boy, I just saw this within the last week. There's been. I'm glad I went on this movie festival watching experience over the last week because a number of these have made it onto my list. Number six, I thought it was dynamite. I remember people talking about this when it came out. And again, I love monster movies. Huge fan of the way the, the all the people that influenced horror, going back to uh, H.P. Lovecraft, who influenced everybody, basically right. Stephen King and. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe is a huge influence on some people. And um, anyway, the creation of the Cthulhu Beast and a number of Lovecraft's uh, pieces right. has been a, a beast that has been tr- – they've tried to put this on film. Uh, it was actually very well done in a movie called – I think it was called Underwater with – oh, God. who? Dirty, who's that girl? We probably won't know this, but the girl from – the, the vampire movies, the romance vampire movies, uh, with the guy who ended up playing the Joker, um, t- Taylor something played the the werewolf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Stewart. Uh, 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 um, it was called the Vampire Robert Pat- Pattinson. Yeah. Um, um, Taylor something. Um, Kristen I Stewart, I believe, was the girl. Twilight. Twilight. Twilight, okay. So, Chris, all that just to reference Christian Stewart from Twilight about a movie that's not even on the list. But have you ever seen Underwater? That is, and I love anything underwater, anything in caves or anything like that is fantastic. The Cthulhu Beast that they did in that movie was was pretty fantastic. Um, pretty. Nice. So, anyway, this one had a great – it's not underwater. It's a walking Cthulhu Beast. Finally, I mentioned the name of the movie. It's Cloverfield, uh, back from oh. 2009, I believe. I thought yeah. the damn movie was like, was just so fast paced. I just loved it. Um, I it just I was glued to the screen. Uh, yes, very plastic characters, very mm-hmm. plastic kind of Hollywood actors. Uh, didn't feel for them that much. Not much characterization, but the action was nonstop. The scenes of the beast as you're walking down the street and the beast is crushing buildings right. and the military is going down. There's explosions. It was kind of realistic. I mean, yeah. it's like I, I, there aren't too many of those monster movies where like, oh, I could picture that happening. That seems real. Um, not a lot of things seem real in a lot of these movies, but um, that one seemed real. So incredible visually. 
Um, I very highly recommend it. If you want a horror movie that's more of a thrill ride, less of a slasher film, this is the one for you, Cloverfield. I've only seen that one. I'm going to watch some other ones after that. Uh, Dirty, what do you think about that one? Have you seen it? Uh, I liked it. I liked the big monster movies, like giant monsters, you know, genre. Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it was one camera and, uh, you know, I, I, I could kind of envision like, oh shit, we have to run to a safe place, a, 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 you know, in a city. So I, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. One of the crazy things was one of the guys saying, oh no, I have to go to Midtown. Basically, you're running away from, I guess, Midtown to uh, trying to get out of state. And he's like, no, we have to go back town because my girlfriend is there or some uh, like a long-lost love or something like that. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Uh, it is a great film for anybody and everybody could die. You don't know who's going to die. Not going to give away right. any spoilers here, but it's a great one for that. Anyway, okay, so that's my number six. Now we have the top five. This is the meat and potatoes of the horror movies of the 21st century. Let's go. Dirty, what do you got for number five? Uh, number five? Number five. Here, here, here. All right, fuck. So... Stop talking. Insidious, probably one through five. Wow, you really think the fourth and fifth ones are as good as the first one? Um, I, or in, in the same I, week? I just think it's like an ongoing thing. Uh, they all have different... They also have... They all have good characteristics of them in, of themselves. Uh, the first one and the second one are super good because you get to know the... You get to know the, the, the main characters more uh you know more about that old lady and the two nerds like they are my favorite characters of the story but um yeah yeah um so what you're saying is if you like the first one continue to watch them because you'll if you like the first one even when you get to five you'll still find it entertaining i think so uh i it you know the first one scared the fuck out of me so i was hooked after that and uh I don't know. It just, it's just, uh, I just like it. I'm a fan, so. I'll tell you what. The guy who created Insidious, I've not seen Insidious or anything that he's done, but James Wan, the creator of the Insidious franchise, also yeah. created the franchise The Conjuring. Yeah. He yeah. also was a co-creator. Thing. He also was a co-creator of Saw. So you tell you what, that oh. guy's got to be worth a billion dollars. He co-created the, the Saw franchise. He was the creator of The Conjuring and of um, the Insidious films. All of these have garnered many films per franchise. So this dude's got to yeah. be worth a billion dollars. Anyway, he's oh, a yeah. very talented guy. Um, all right, so that was your number five selection. Let me see. Going to my... Number five. My number five is a film that you mentioned in your honorable mentions actually a while ago. I thought it was dynamite. Dynamite visually. Dynamite idea for a movie. Uh, basically, there's a nuclear explosion in some test site. It opens up a dimension to another world. And what comes through 
again, like the King Kong we talked about, all of these giant beasts and insects. Visually, I think The Mist is tremendous. It's a Stephen King movie, 2007, visually amazing, some great performances all the way to the end. It's got a horrible, horribly tragic ending. I mean, like, I I don't know. I'm not going to mention anything about it. I'm just saying yeah. that this is a movie that right away from beginning to end um, was just it, it, uh, lots of, like, spider-like creatures. Man, there's nothing worse than a giant spider, I think. Yeah. That would be, like, the worst type of giant insect to be eaten by. Um, anyway, uh, it's got – let me see if I can go a little more. Oh, Frank Darabont, of course, was the director. Um, he directed, of course, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. The Green Mile. I believe he did Dreamcatcher too, which that movie caught my uh, eye. Um, and was a good movie, although I don't think it's as good as The Mist, but it's just one where there's like, there's some kind of horrible germ that if it gets out, it's going to destroy mankind and it's going for the water wells and it's going for the reservoirs to try to escape and get out into the population. I do recommend that, too. Not as good as The Mist, but this guy, Frank Darabont, who actually, to connect the pieces, if you heard our 80s list, I had a movie way up on the list called Hell Night, a Linda Blair horror movie. Frank Darabont started out as the production designer, I believe, for that movie back in 1982. That's where he started before he went on to be a major oh. director. This guy's resume is huge. He's huge. Great, great director. Big films. The Mist, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. Um uh, Best movie about a grocery store ever. <laughs> so right. I'll say it well. That's number five. Okay, dirty. Let's get to our top four movies. These all have to be like must sees. What do you got for number four? Uh, well, this is what I'm because you made me like you made the the rules of this list so stringent. Basically, it's like this. It's all of what's the guy's name for who wrote. Uh, Insidious, James Wan. James Wan. Okay, his entire, the entire franchise to The Conjuring, which is connected to The Nun, which is connected to Annabelle, all of them are, like, on the list. Like, you put them all together, because they're all connected. They all break shit down. Like, they they use, like, all these classic, like, you know, mythology, I like the main characters, like, I like the whole, I just, I just watched, all, uh, my wife and I just watched all of them, like, in, 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 in order, and it was like, damn, shit's good, shit is good. Yeah, I, uh, Annabelle, I've got to see that, I wanted to see that so bad, I remember being on a date with this girl, um, and she demanded to go, well, she didn't mean, she was like, nah, I think I want to, I'm like, what about Annabelle? And she's like, maybe I was stupid for, for even suggesting it. She's like, no, let's go see this Ryan Reynolds film that has, mm. I think, That's Samuel Jackson in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was granted, and, and uh, I, I was like, okay, let's go see that. She's like, oh, this is great. I love it. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I was just like, this sucks. Uh, right. So I never got to see Annabelle. I've got to see that. Got to see The Conjuring. Got to see Insidious. Um, those I'd put in front of Saw. But, hey, as far as the list is concerned, I'm just trying to 
like we did whenever we do multiple parts for the squeeze horror movies, we got so many. We got twenty of we got twenty five apiece. I mean I that's know. pretty good. I know there's more horror movies, but our nineteen I'm going based off of this. The the longer the list is, the less people stick around to listen to the list. The big thing is we want you guys to listen to our our top five is really the big, the top ten. But you gotta get through the rest to get there. Right. We're trying to we're trying to chop these off into bits now, but like the nineteen nineties, right? We had Part one is like twenty through ten through eleven. Part two is like is the best list, and there's a two hundred percent drop off on the amount of listeners with part one to part two. So that's why I'm I'm we're trying to get trying to be it's it's hard. I mean we're forgetting things. We're adding movies at the last minute. It is stringent. It is a very exacting list that we're trying to get up. But it's only because we don't think you guys will stick around for ten parts a ten part series on. Best, or maybe I'm wrong, but uh, anyway, uh, but I hear you. Uh, what's that? This is a test for the listeners. I think it is, man. Funny. You got to stick around. You got to, you got to, you know, listen to a, listen to these lists. Um, and that's why, we, you know, we don't. I, I thought about chapters for lists where I named the, li- the list in there and put the chapters on. Like number ten is this selection. Number nine is this. At the time, I, I don't. Th- I don't care if we only have 25 listeners. Like I'd rather it be a surprise basically when we go down you, you hear it and you're like oh what about this or that anyway um number four for me list of the best horror movies of the 21st century this movie i was enthralled by this movie i was completely obsessed i talk about late 19th century england a lot i became obsessed with the time period I became obsessed with the Jack the Ripper killings. Hearing the details about the killings was hard to listen to. Uh, eventually, I had to try to kind of get through that to get to everyone has a guess about who Jack the Ripper was. And we're not talking about just a 1970s A&E in search of 30-minute episode on Jack the Ripper, where it just goes quickly through the killings and who is it? Is it a guy who lives in town or whatever? I'm talking about the movie from how 2000 and, uh, 2001. Now, this is a conspiracy theory, basically, approach to who it was. That was a, I'm going to try not to give away too much. If you don't want to hear the spoiler, just fast forward maybe 30 seconds, but it's a royal conspiracy, a conspiracy, a conspiracy that the royal family was involved um, I won't say much more about it. There's many details to be known in the movie. Um, it was a 1970s book that has been pretty much be debunked by historians. Uh, they think Jack the Ripper was just some random fishmonger or someone that used a knife very well. Uh, not a doctor exactly because it was East End London, but who knows? Anyway, uh, Jack, uh, Jack, Jesus, Johnny Depp, back when Johnny Depp was the coolest, Talk about 2001. When you get up to Pirates of the Caribbean, 2003, you can go backwards in Johnny Depp's, or even 2004, 2005, and six, and go backwards in his catalog, and it's just movie after movie where he personifies the character actor being the lead actor in a movie. So a character that would usually be just a character actor in a regular film, and there'd be a strong big, handsome hair. Not that he's not handsome, but he's not built. He's a skinny little guy. Uh, or at least he was until he became a drunken stumble bum in his later years. But he was the personification. He made it cool to be the side character and made films 
focus on the side character as the main character rather than a Dolph Lundgren type or a Nicolas right. Cage type. I like Nicolas Cage just fine, but um, Depp specifically did not get ripped or did not do bodybuilding or any of that kind of stuff because he wanted to be this kind of a character actor. And it's personified in this movie. I, I can't say enough about it. The Hughes brothers, well, let me just make sure about that. Yeah. The Hughes brothers. Uh, yep, the Hughes brothers, very talented, great, uh, Dirty, I'm going to let you jump in a second. Great cinematography, great, uh, I don't know if some of it is CGI, it's got to be some of it CGI, but the late 19th century London look that they had was dynamite. Not a big fan of, they talk about the cast, not a big fan of Heather Graham. Her accent, I don't think she's a great actress, her, act, her accent kind of came in and out. But uh, Sir Ian Holm uh, was in this movie. He's dynamite, a fantastic. Uh, he's, you know, from what? Uh, Lord of the Rings. He played Bilbo. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah. Robbie, yeah, Robbie Coltrane. A lot of different good English actors. Uh, this is a thrill ride. And it is a little gory at times. The end is, whew, it's It's realistic, though. Because in real life, the Jack the Ripper's killing got worse and worse until the last one. And the last one is very hard to to watch and to hear about. And when you're talking about late 19th century, that's really saying something that today's serial killers, and I'm not saying this with any type of respect or admiration towards Jack the Ripper, today's serial killers can't hold a candle to the type of just body filleting that, that he did. I mean, if you look at the corpse of Mary Kelly, they have a, they took a picture of it. Jack the Ripper became the first nationwide, not nationwide, worldwide phenomenon that was made basically the press. The London press, it made the London press be a national uh, print, excuse me, like a nationally known magazine of people, or paper, excuse me, and people were buying it just to hear and read about Jack the Ripper. It really was this horrible, disgusting phenomenon. And I learned all about that stuff after watching the movie From Hell, Dynamite. I think it's underrated. Um, Dirty, what do you think? Uh, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Um, they, I was going to mention they, um, the reason it looks so rustic is because they filmed it in, uh, I want to say, was it Czechoslovakia or Yugoslavia? But the town was that or Poland or something. Yeah, but the town they used is so, like, it was a, an old-ass town and had a lot of great architecture. So. Yeah. Um, great movie. Um, a little hard to watch at, at time. Not overly gory, but anyway, very good movie. So anyway, From Hell. Um, and by the way, one last thing I'll say about it is the only authenticized authentic, authenticized writing from Jack, what they consider to be the real Jack the Ripper, came in a letter to Scotland Yard, and it had the remains of a liver of one of the victims, and they withheld some information from the press. The reason why they know it was real Jack the Ripper is he gave some insight into the liver being... It's French and alcohol. It was uh, there's parts of the letter where he gave away 
some notes and details. It was not released to the press, and they were like, this is the real guy that sent this. And the, the woman was an alcoholic that he killed, and you can tell, obviously, when you see a liver of, of an alcoholic. So he cut it in half, and he sent it to him, and he's like, um, he made mention of the liver about how he, it obviously was from an alcoholic, and he signed it from hell, Jack the Ripper. That's why the oh. movie's called Jack the Ripper. Another great right. little tidbit that they put in the movie. I could probably go on and on about it, but let's not. Let's go to number three. Dirty, what do you got for number three? I got, uh, well, I have room now. So I would say The Hills Have Eyes, one and two, pretty good. Yeah, good, definitely good remakes. Very good. I like them. Now, did, did you notice, have you seen the originals, the, uh, the original Wes Craven movies? No, I'd have to, I, I should go check them out. I haven't seen them either. I, I saw the original Last House on the Left, saw the remake of it, uh, Hills of Eyes, the original one. I The only thing I know is that there was a bald guy in there that was in the Smoking in the Boys Room commercial, or video for Motley Crue. The original, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really know too much about it. But the remake, um, a lot of people talk about that scene, the, the, the demented family, of course, where this girl goes into a house. Uh, she's trying to get away from the family, and it turns out the family is just all over the place, right? In this right. little area. And so she went into a, maybe a mobile home or something. And next thing you know, and she's pregnant? Or she just gave birth. She's got her baby with her. Yeah, and one of the characters sets the baby to the side and starts drinking her breast milk, yeah. which was, I mean, at least at the time, was slightly, I don't know, that's fucked up. I don't know if you would say horrific, but like, yeah, it's messed up. Um, it did definitely have some messed up scenes. Um, well done movie, and it's just another. <laughs> when you see enough of those movies, like Deliverance, The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre, it makes you not want to go like beneath like. I don't know, South Carolina or Maryland or Nebraska. Yeah, there's even there's a well, they're in New Mexico, but um, but no, there's places outside of L.A. Like anywhere you go out, see anywhere out, like just oh, rednecks. Yeah, outside every major city are rednecks. Right. So not not that they're doing that. Be careful. Right. Again, don't want to label all rednecks. Blood-sucking freaks or inbred cannibals don't want to be spreading that word. But this movie, that movie is kind of about that stuff. Uh, all right, so The Hills Have Eyes, number three. My number two, another movie that you've already, I think you either had it in your honorable mention or it's way further down the list. Anything, anything about the thing, uh, anything, uh, cartoons, uh, comic books, um, any type of continuations uh, of it, I, I, everything. I consume everything the thing. I'm just basically engrossed by starting with John Carpenter's thing. The original, of course, is Thing from Another World. Uh, how, is it Howard Hawks or or Roger Corman? I think it's Howard Hawks, but um, the original is good. But the John Carpenter's thing is amazing. This The Thing 2011 is the prequel. If you've seen The Thing 1982, you know, it starts off 
with a dog, a husky, who's running away from a helicopter that's trying to shoot at it. The helicopter, which then, spoiler alert, explodes, is, is uh, from a Swedish outpost, I believe, who are the originators that were there in this North Pole area. And it's about how they uncovered the original spaceship from the thing that yeah. landed uh, hundreds of thousands of, of years ago. And everything is so amazing to take one part. And it's like you and I were talking about the last voyage of the Demeter. One chapter in Dracula turned into a movie. One part yeah. of the thing movie was Kurt Russell and maybe a doctor and another character going back to the Swedish outpost, going through and taking a look at the outpost and what happened to it. So they took the what happened there, and they were so very excellent with recreating things and having the ending be whether or not it's somebody, uh, an iced uh, wrist that was slit with keys in, in its hand. They made sure to recreate that scene, but it ended up with somebody slashing their wrists with keys in mm -hmm. their hand. It's amazing the way that they recreated this there are CGI graphics that are not – it's not totally 100% practical man-made special effects that the original genius, Rob – I can't remember his name. I can't look it up anymore. But the original guy that did that for the thing was an absolute and total genius. Um, he did The Howling and a few other movies. But this prequel is dynamite. The ending is dynamite. Um, let me see if there's anything else I could add to this. Um Yes, the the thing, the video game, came out, I believe, 2002 PlayStation 2. Yep, it is connected. unbelievable. Um, friggin' love it. Um, they that gave it to you free. After you, before? That actually was after the John Man. Carpenter's thing. So, yeah. yeah. This, this 2011 thing is the prequel to the John Carpenter's thing. The video game is a continuation after oh, okay. John Carpenter's thing, which people have been begging John Carpenter, please make another thing, like let somebody else make another thing, make a, make a right. sequel to your thing, and he just won't do it, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you who is the thing at the end, it's going to probably die with him uh, most people don't care, I care I'm, I'm such a fan no. of, the, of the franchise go ahead, it's, go ahead right. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of his it's one of his uh, biggest like his biggest films, like his biggest scene, um, that and Escape from New York, or but the thing is just, yeah, no, it's a classic. Like it's nothing like yeah. it. It's unique. It's very John Carpenter. Like great characters, great cast, great story. Ow, story. Ooh. So. Yeah, and. Uh... Okay, what else? It was a bomb. This 2011 The Thing, really? I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people. It was a total 100% bomb at the box office, just like the John Carpenter The Thing. Like, no wonder why these don't get made in Greenlit, because nobody wants to lose money on these right. unbelievable things of movies about The Thing, which comes from this, one of the greatest short stories, Who Goes There? I believe it was by John Campbell back in 1936, before DNA at like, Research wow. is even available. I mean, to think about how ahead of its time this was back in, in that time period is mind-boggling to me. I, yeah. I mean, I I can't say enough about it. I, I the thing is is not only 20, excuse me, the 1982 the thing 
is not only one of the greatest horror movies, I put it in my top five for greatest films in the history of cinema. I think it's just that good. And it's, it's yeah. addictive. And the 2011 one, again, if you, if you, anywhere close to liking the, the John Carpenter one, you've got to see this one. It is fantastic. Okay. 30. We got two left. We got two left on our list. Let's go for the number two, Dirty According to You, best horror movie of the 20th century, or movies of the 21st century. Um, so, I'm... I'm, I'm going to say yeah. number, number two for me is Friday the 13th, the remake. I liked it. It wasn't bad. Okay. Um, you want me to just do both of them, or just... Well, if no, I mean we're gonna do two and then one. I just okay. mean like I didn't know if you packaged a few movies together in your number two. No, no. Okay. Um, so you got the, re- no. the remake Friday the Thirteenth. I think it was like two thousand eight, like right around that. They're remaking that, like that. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, so what'd you like about it? Uh, I liked how they explained how Jason got around so fast, like. Um, uh, they kept it to the pretty, to the original kind of, uh, storyline, kind of just general, like, horror movie style of filming, went back to the, like, Friday the 13th style of, you know, a bunch of kids go to right. a car or, uh, the woods. Out the woods. Um, Jason looked pretty good. Uh, I'm a big fan. It's like my favorite franchise, so I was digging that. Um, yeah, it's just good. I gotta say, I like anything Friday the 13th except for, I think it was Friday the 13th part 9, the final Friday, where Jason was just like a spirit, and somebody ate hey. Jason's heart and became Jason. Like, and then they, anybody who right. did became a serial killer, that was beyond awful. Even yeah. much worse than Jason in space, <laughs> if that's possible. But, um, right. yeah, you know, in the Friday the 13th, they all make money. I'm surprised they don't make more or haven't delved in. I mean, people that like this, I mean, I love the Friday the 13th franchise. I'm sur- and I think they have, are in talk, they're always in talks about something. Something with the c- continuation of this or part two of this or sequel to yeah. that. Um some people have been pining for a prequel of how Jason died in the first place, like when his mother was still alive and when he was basically a handicapped child and about what happened to him leading up to his death. Yeah. I can't believe they haven't made like a prequel of Jason's character. Um, very surprised about that. But, they could, um, actually. Yeah. There's, a, there's a span of time that you could do a whole story of how he becomes Jason and yeah, you don't have to spend, I mean, these movies, you don't have to spend a ton to make them. There's minimal, you can use minimal CGI. Talking mm-hmm. about a real killer and, and real weapons and real um, habitats that aren't often a different universe or, or whatever. So anyway, mm-hmm. we'll see what comes of that. I, I consume everything Friday the 13th. Huge fan of the franchise. Um, that's your number two selection. My number two selection, you mentioned it earlier. Um, it's the It movies, uh, the 2017 and 2019. I just saw this last night, and I was floored. 
I wasn't I wasn't actually very excited going in to watch these because number one I thought I already know the whole story. Uh, I saw the for the the TV movie about it. I'm like, what are they gonna do? I had seen a few scenes from it. Wasn't that um, scared by it? Wasn't that excited by it? And I gotta say, is this movie? I use the movie. I use the term unfolds a lot, but as this movie uh, manifests into 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 the movie, um, it really does kind of get you at some point. Um, the intro scene obviously happens, and and that's what we know. And I'm like, okay, and wasn't interested. And spoiler alert: uh, seeing a kid get his arm ripped off again, and it's the whole child violence thing can be tough to watch. And that's, I guess, that's what I was not really looking forward to. But the story is so good. The story and the characters, and this reminds you, Dirty, like you said before, this reminds you of Stephen King's his best books at their essence aren't just about the killing. He is so good with characterization. He is so good at creating these likable characters in these small towns, these little boys and girls. The kids were fantastic. I thought that yeah. the uh, little kid actor that played Richie, who had the glasses, the little wise-ass, was fucking yeah, great. great. He was fantastic. The girl who was... Uh, um, who had a horrible father, we'll just say that. Um, yeah. He was very good. The kid Bill, who has a stutter, he was great in it. And then the adults were fantastic. Um, I love Bill Hader. Anything that guy does, the guy is so funny. And look, the original movie, I loved it. John Ritter was great. I thought that uh, Tim Curry was great. Tim Reed from WKRP in Cincinnati was great. Um, right. John Boy from The Waltons, he was great. One guy that I hate from the original. I hate him. I have no idea how that guy got involved in show business in the first place. Is the stupid motherfucking talentless fucking magician, Harry Anderson. I mean, it's like, and the guy who was mm. supposedly a comedian. You remember him yeah. from Night Court? He, right. like, real comedians used to make fun of magi- like Like, Sam Kinnison and Andrew Dice Clay used to have a bit where they're on stage, they'd be like, if somebody doesn't laugh at their jokes, like, don't piss me off. Or Bill Hicks. Like don't piss me off. I'll start. I'll get. I'll start doing magic tricks up here. If you don't laugh at my jokes, right. we'll see how much you like that. People that used to be a running joke about a guy that does magic tricks is a mm-hmm. fuck is the lamest ass fucking comedian. You might as well have a, a wooden dummy up there with you. I mean, it's just it's the worst props to use. And in, in, anyway, replace him with Bill Hader, and that's a huge improvement. And as much as I didn't really mind hearing Anderson in the original. Bill Hader is so much funnier. I mean, he really was very funny. I love that scene when they're in the Chinese restaurant, the beginning of the second one. Uh, love the old house scenes. Uh, love any another character that I'm so scared of. Any old old woman. You put like an old eighty year old woman that with that big old woman smile. Uh, not my grandmother. My grandmother was lovely. Love her, love her, uh, love you, Grandma. R.I.P. Uh, but the the old woman in the scene where the girl goes back to the old apartment to see where she grew up, to see if her dad is still alive, was outrageous. Uh, the woman starts tweaking into the clown after a minute. Uh, yeah. You tell something's off right away because sit down and have some tea. 
And she's like, no, no, that that's okay. She goes, I don't be so polite. Sit down. And gets kind of gruff right away. Yeah. You can tell that there's something wrong with the old lady. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I, um, I, I just can't say enough about that movie. It was so fantastic. Once again, I think it, it dribbles down its chin a little bit with the ending as far as how they, spoiler alert, how they kill it. Uh, didn't, yeah. that didn't jive well with me or sit down. That, that was not, not at all. And both, both of them, they screw up. To be honest with you, I've never read the book. I, I think I've read the book on just about every single Stephen King movie that's become a major movie. Uh, this one I haven't because it's a friggin' 1200 pages or something. It's, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, amount of pages, but, um, God, I, I, I loved it so much. And when it actually ended, I thought it did this tremendous sort of, uh, Lord of the Rings tried to do this with a farewell to the king, farewell of the king, farewell to the king. Well, yeah. at the end, they tried to do, tried to do this whole big, like, oh, we're together and, and we're friends and all these kind of, but that one went on for like uh, 40 minutes and it made me just want to, you know, blow up the VHS player. It was so overdone. This was done perfectly. Friends that got back together, um, had an amazing, uh, horrible, horrific experience, but made it through it. At least most of them did. And it ended so, so great. It was a great last scene. I, I just think it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. Okay. Okay. Now so that's, uh, that's, <laughs> fuck you, pal. <laughs> that's, uh, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to send you a gift, pal guy. Um, all right, so that's it. My number two. Now that's it. Number one. Dirty, I don't know if you can handle it. I don't know if you can handle the excitement of the number one selection. Can, do you have Do you have enough? Can you muster up the, the, the courage and providence to deliver your number one best horror movie of the 21st century? Um... Oh man, uh, I I I don't know. I, I have to say, Wolf Creek. I get like we get like this sometimes when we do these double episodes. I'm sorry, Dirty. What is your number one selection? Wolf's Creek. Wolf's Creek. Holy shit! Yeah, classic. I I never heard of. I've never seen that. Dude, you got to talk about this movie. I got to hear some about this. This lunatic Australian redneck on the outback pins ass people, puts them on his property, and cuts them up. Holy shit! Uh, wow, it sounds sounds kind of similar to a lot of. What about it stands out to make you say this is better than anything anything else like this? Like, I guess for like this genre. It's just raw. It's got that classic, like, I've got a lot of elements to it. Because, like, the redneck part reminds me of, like, the 70s horror. And then, like, it's just literally it's it's a scary open space. The setting's all fucked up. Um, I don't know. It's like he's a monster. He's just, like, this savage asshole. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I Wolf's Creek. I have not seen that around in top lists. I've seen Wolf's Creek. I just haven't examined it that much 
because of, of its anonymity. Um, do you know yeah. about when it was made? Twenty thirteen? Like ten years ago? All right. Well, hey, everybody out there, Wolf Creek, number one horror movie, according to the Dirty Man, the Dirty Man Morgan. Yes. Um, yes. Dirty Mouth. Dirty Man yes. Morgan. Um, wow. Okay. Wolf Creek. I have got to see that. I will get back to you. Uh, I'll try to mention it on air. Maybe next time we do an episode, let you know uh, what I think. But I'll certainly be looking out for that. All right. If you thought my number two was over the top as far as delivery. My number one, um, actually, I actually got emotional during this movie. I did just see it maybe four or five days ago. I've heard people talk about this nonstop for 15 years. Um, yeah, it's more of a fantasy, I guess, than a horror movie, but it's it's a fabulous setting in the Spanish Civil War, which I don't know much about. And oh. Guillermo del Toro really kind of laid this out beautifully, horrifically as far as what was going on in Spain that there was a whole sort of sect that was siding with Hitler, and there's a fascist oh. movement growing in Spain in the 1940s. Right, uh, the Pan's yeah. Labyrinth, I, I saw that movie, and it was... Uh, I, I went into a spell when I was watching this movie. It was gorgeous. It was um, a great take on a fascist movement at a time period. Yep. The characterization as far as between the father who was the head of this movement the right. mother who he couldn't have given a, a damn about and the kid we also couldn't have given a damn about uh, the whole fantasy world that she creates uh, that is created on screen is amazing of course the pale man is is that's what kind of makes it horror maybe the pale man is is ooh, man that was a it was that's, only a scene uh... for maybe Go ahead. What's up? Well, I was gonna say that's the that's the uh, the beast or the character with the eyes on his hands, right? Or no? Yes. Yes. That's what this you give so it horror. It is, and, oh, and Del Toro was so great. He wrote it, directed it. I mean, he's just he's a one man machine. I gotta see more of his things after seeing this. I've seen some. I've seen like the big robot movie, uh, Did you see robot movie. I didn't see Hellboy. Haven't seen Blade Two. Um, I know he produced The Orphanage. Haven't seen, he did another horror movie, maybe in 2001, more of a straight horror movie that also had to do with the Spanish Civil War. Maybe five years before this, I haven't seen it, but um, definitely got to check out more. Pan's Labyrinth, I actually, when this movie ended, I'm not going to tell you the ending, but the end, it was just breathtaking. I, uh, it really is a movie that goes, I don't want to overdo this, but it's a movie that goes beyond just when you talk about a movie. It's one of those movies that when you walk out of the theater, and I did see it in my home, whenever you stop watching it, you can't get it out of your mind. And it just stays there with you, and you think about it. And you continue to think about it after it's done, and you're moved by it. And that is such a hard thing for a movie to do. And, and when it happens, I really am just so... Uh, makes me want to cry almost. It just—it's the yeah. the art. The art is so beautiful and right. so well done, and so takes you into this other world that it's like—it's uh, such an amazing uh, talent and art to be able to. I keep saying art over and over again, but I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just 
beautiful. It's it's um, every type of word you want to use to describe it. This is it. And then all of a sudden, this movie that I've never seen before is probably on my top maybe ten, like top twenty list of movies of all time. I mean, it was just that yeah. good. And um, I just uh, I'm crazy about it now. And uh, anyway, that's it. It just, but it, it's very moving, very emotional. When you combine all that with the suspense and the thrill ride, a little bit of horror and the characters and the great visuals, it's really got just about everything that a great movie should have. Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, think- hands down, my number one movie of the 21st century. What do you think? Any last thoughts about that? Oh, it's, it is. It's you said it pretty well. Uh, it just I was. I remember I just was just checking it out, and I looked up. I got in a thing where I look up like people, actors or filmmakers, you know, their catalog, and I, I look for that. And that. so I liked how he did everything. Uh, I liked how it's like specifically because when you talk about fascist periods, uh, you don't see a lot about like the whole Franco and Spain. Uh, period. How you know they were having right. their bouts of fascism and. Which is before Hitler. Hitler was, I think, in politics, and then, you know, by the 30s, he be, he came into power. But before that was Franco. And what's really crazy is Franco was a fan of Salvador Dali. It's when Salvador Dali became a total, like, fascist, like, supporting piece of shit. But, um, but yeah, man, it's fucking a great – it's great. He did a ghost movie, too, right, that took place in, like, World War Two. Uh, that's there's a movie he I don't know too much about it. Let me see if I can. Get I think it, he did another one where it's like, it's like the children who had been killed under like the Spanish in the 1920s. It was like an orphanage and like it's just it's kind of in almost in the same vein as the others where you're just like, it's just kind of, it's what happened to him is the horror about it, not right. like the act is horrible, but. It's the it's the event that caused the the sorrow and the blackness and the you know for them to leave and yeah the film you're describing is called the Devil's Backbone. It's a but good, no, good fucking about movie. About an boy, yeah, Spanish Civil War. The last year of it was 1939. Um, yeah, he's definitely uh, Del Toro's been a guy that I've I've heard about him. I've seen some of his movies and been like, oh, that's good and. Uh, but this one just blew me away. Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, yep. You have to go see it. If you haven't seen it, it is out of this world. Wow. Okay, so that does it. We have counted down the best horror movies that we have seen in the 21st century. Thank you guys for tuning in. If there's any that we missed, please let us know. We'd be happy to, go, uh, to watch them and maybe mention them on the next episode. We do boom. that occasionally. Yeah? Yeah, boom. Um, so yeah uh, thank you guys for tuning in as a master blaster podcasters checking out with our special Halloween edition yeah go do some partying get some candy do whatever have a great Halloween guys and we'll check you out next time alright thank you for listening rock and roll